Well, hello, teachers, and welcome to another episode of the Teaching Middle School ELA podcast. I am here with my friend Shana from Hello Teacher Lady. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, thanks for having me. I am so excited for this episode. It's going to be incredibly helpful to talk about quick and meaningful digital feedback, especially with everything that's going on right now. What an appropriate topic. Oh, yes. I'm very excited. This is um, a huge digital feedback. has been like a huge passion project of mine for a few years now. So I am, I, any excuse to talk about it, I am here for. So I'm, I'm really excited. I love it. So before we dive in, can you let our listeners know just like a little bit about you, where you're from, what grade you teach, your experience, um, and why you are like the digital guru for all of us? <laughs> Sure. So uh, my name is Shana Ramin. I teach seventh and eighth grade language arts and journalism. I am on uh, social media and my blog is Hello Teacher Lady. And I post a lot of like tech tips and tutorials on my YouTube channel um, as well. I kind of center a lot of my work around using Google tools. I've been a Google trainer since 2017, but really anything technology related, I am all about. So basically like my main goal, I love helping you know teachers and students like use technology in ways that make their life a little bit more you know easier, more productive. Like I said, anything technology related is kind of my jam. So Fantastic. Is, yeah. I always know when you post something that's digital related, I'm like, oh, this is going to be good. This is going to be really helpful for teachers. I love yeah, it. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Didn't you come up with like the virtual classroom bitmoji? Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. So that was something that was kind of like floating around for a little while. I had seen it a lot in like the Google Classroom headers. But um, I just, when you post a, a Google Classroom header, you get that like annoying dark overlay. Anyone uh -huh. who has tried it knows exactly what I mean. <laughs> and so I um, just kind of wanted a way to make it, like to still use that concept. So that's kind of why I made like that classroom scene. Um, so I think a lot of people were kind of doing that, but um, it was cool to uh, kind of put that together. And then I put out a tutorial. Yes. I think my tutorial was probably one of the first few that were out there. And just to kind of show teachers how to make their own because it's really simple. You're really yeah. just kind of, you know, putting in images and kind of moving them around. But, um, you know, a lot of people didn't know about the the image search. You can actually search and filter your search for transparent images. And mm -hmm. that makes it a lot easier finding things labeled for reuse and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, like I said, it was kind of it's easy to put together once you kind of know. But when you look at it at first, you're like, how does you know, how do you put all this together? How does this work? And so um, it's been really fun to see everybody's. I get a lot of people that like will tag me in their, their classroom, virtual classrooms. And yeah, it's so much fun to see. And then, you know, people are putting their dogs in, you know, I had my dogs on the couch. Um, so cute. So it's fun to see everybody else's dogs. Like I actually get excited. <laughs> I'm like, oh, look at the little, you know, little doggo. Like it's I love one of my it. favorite parts of it. So. Oh my gosh. It makes me want to just go create one, even though I'm not uh, teaching remotely or digitally at all right now. I just want to do one just for fun. Just so well, there's a one. lot of things you can do with it too. It's not just like a purely like an aesthetic, you know, thing. It's not just a, um, you know, just a slide that you have, like you can, you know, I've seen a lot of people do like interactive, um, you know, books on the shelf and mm -hmm. you can actually click on a book and it'll take you to like a read aloud or so creative. You know, I've been, yeah. I've been using mine as like an agenda. So I'll have like my little classroom stuff off to the side. And then I have my agenda points on there, which has been really helpful with all of this going on. So yeah. it's, Sometimes, you know, people are like, oh, why do you, why do you need one of those? But it's actually it's kind of cozy, makes it a little more comfortable, you know, and then you can actually use it for something yeah. too. So. Yeah. 
I love it. Well, I digress. That is not what we're here to talk about, but I think it's just the fun, most, I think it's so fun. And I know a lot of our teachers in the EV Teachers Club have been making their own um, and sharing them in our private Facebook group. And that's really fun to see. So you have spread your tutorial to various places. <laughs> All right, let's move back to what we're actually supposed to be talking about, which is quick and meaningful digital feedback. So Shana came up with essentially four different points, four different strategies that we can take into our digital classroom. And I think before we start, it's important to note, and, and Shana and I talked about this before we started recording, that even though we're talking about you know digital feedback, that doesn't mean you have to be in a digital classroom. You know, you can use this whenever we do go back to school in person, or if you are going back to school in person, or maybe you're doing a hybrid, or maybe you still don't even know what it is that your year is going to look like. I think all of these strategies are something that you can do immediately in whatever classroom environment you have. And it's going to really help uh, speed up the feedback for your students, but also keep it very meaningful. And in a way, almost more meaningful, I think, than, you know, leaving feedback on their paper with a pen, you know, like we did in the olden days <laughs> before all of this beautiful technology. Um, so let's start with your for- first point, Shana. Take it away. Uh, yeah. So basically you kind of like what you mentioned, like I, you know, I love my, my flare pen as much as the next English teacher here. But um, one of the things that I found when I first started grading and and kind of trying to give feedback and writing specifically was that I really could only get to a few students at a time. And I felt like, you know, we all know that feedback has to be timely. It has to be, you know, the longer that passes between students actually completing the work and receiving their feedback, the less valuable that Mm -hmm. will be. So I um, just kind of, I wanted to find a way to just kind of speed up that process and make it so that I could get feedback to students while they were actually completing the assignment. Because the, when they're done with the assignment, it's too late. If you're leaving a whole bunch of feedback and a whole bunch of comments on a final product, you're just going to be, I was just wasting my time. So um, I, one of the biggest things that really helped me was kind of figuring out, okay, what, what things can I streamline? What ways can I say, okay, this is just a general piece of feedback. This is something that I can just kind of make a, a comment bank for and you know what things do I need to have a little bit more personalized? So it was kind of figuring out what are the main things that I find myself saying over and over again. I just typed those out in a doc, um, and then I was able to just kind of have those. And, and that right there was just a really simple thing, and it kind of sped up the process of, of the general feedback. So you know things like the MLA formatting or sentence structure, commas, stuff like that. You know, um, so that was kind of that first big thing. So the first thing I did, like I said, is just kind of typed up my, my general feedback. What are the things that I just find myself saying over and over again? And then I put it in a Google doc. Eventually I transferred that to Google keep and then Google classroom actually came out with its own version of a comment bank. So that was a huge, huge time saver. So I would say if there are any teachers who use Google classroom, but have not started using the comment bank yet, that would be the first Uh, my first piece of advice, but if you don't use Google Classroom, you could still just put it in a Google Doc or Google Keep and it would kind of accomplish the same thing. And you just copy and paste from the Google Doc into your feedback that you're leaving for that particular student on whatever platform you're using if you're not using Google Classroom. Exactly. And I would try to, you know, when I would type up the feedback, I would still kind of have it organized so that I would, you know, I would sort of have my positives kind of on one side and then have sort of the, you know, organization Mm -hmm. points and things like that. And so it was really quick to just kind of look over and be like, oh, yep, this one, you know, go back over here, make sure your uh, topic sentences, you know, thesis statements relate, all that, all that good stuff. And that's not something that I need to retype for every student every time. So that that really simple thing of just developing your bank helps speed up 
that process of general feedback. And like I said, if you use Google Classroom, they have a built-in comment bank, which has been really helpful. So I haven't seen that yet because I obviously didn't teach this past year. So I haven't, I don't know anything new that Google's coming out with in Google Classroom. Unfortunately, I try to stay um, on top of things, but what does that look like in Google Classroom? Like where could I find that if I don't know? So basically when you post an assignment on Google Classroom, you will um, go to the student work section. And when you open a, a doc or anything that a student has submitted, it opens up in this like grading window, which is new. That one um, probably, depending on when you last uh, graded something in Google Classroom, <laughs> that might not have been there. Um, but it kind of, the one cool thing about the grading window is it lets you like click between student work. So sometime before that, I would have to like open up the doc and then I'd close it, go back open up another doc, close it, go back. And it was fine, but this, you can just do it with one click. Amazing. Like, if you can minimize your clicks, that's another time saver right there. Totally. You know, like three clicks isn't that big of a deal, but when you're three clicks times all the other students and all the, all of the clicks, they add up. So I like to minimize, minimize my clicks. So <laughs> you can, basically you can click between uh, the students in a single window, which is really helpful. But then off to the right hand side, is where the comment bank would be. So there's kind of like a little comment button and I do have a YouTube tutorial about it. We Fantastic. Can, uh, <laughs> we'll link that up for everybody then. Yeah. So <laughs> it's, um, it's kind of right in that window. And then the other cool thing about it is when you are just giving, once you've set up your comment bank and you can set it up right from that window, um, you can, when you go to leave an actual comment, like in the doc, if you type the, like the pound sign, hashtag sign, number sign, whatever we call it these days. Um, <laughs> and you start typing something like the feedback that you have will pop up. So it kind of automatically generates it for you. So if I just type in the pound sign and then say, or start typing like organization, like my feedback related to organization will pop up. And so it just makes it like really, really, really Amazing. fast. And it's that faster is, than the copy and pasting. Which, yes. Which like you said, seems like not a big deal to just copy and paste something, but over time that takes a while. And that is so much, I mean, that's so much faster. I can even imagine then having a student's essay in front of me with my pen, like trying to write in cursive so that I'm writing faster than printing. Like, I mean, thank you, Google Classroom. Oh yeah. That, <laughs> that's was, that was like the greatest thing. And like I said, if you don't use Google Classroom, you can still, you know, do that in a doc or Google Keep or, or anything like that. And I would just maybe do like a split screen so that you don't mm -hmm. have to click back and forth between the, um, you know, the between two the different apps. windows. Yeah. yeah. So then this next point that you have, I love this, and that's to add links to resources in comments for students to reference. So this is a brilliant piece of using digital feedback because share with us, I mean, you can send them to various places with more information for them. Yeah. So this, I think was one of the biggest things, like when I kind of realized that you could do this, I was so excited because, you know, I had my comment bank and I would say, let's say, you know, um, please review MLA formatting or, you know, something like that. I could tell them to review MLA formatting, but if, you know, they don't have a resource like right in front of them, I found they were less likely to actually do that. Mm -hmm. um, so I, what I did the first time I, I actually did this was I made using Screencastify, I made a video of myself just kind of like formatting uh, my essay and then I got the shareable link for that. And then I added that link to my comment in my comment bank. So it was already there for me. I don't have to find the link every time I want to tell students to do that. Um, and so then I would just, you know, please review Emily format, put that in the comment, and then students can click on it. It would take them directly to the video. Um, you could do this with handouts too. Like we're, we were working on commas and dependent clauses and all that fun stuff. And I have just like a one page reference for students. And so I would say, you know, 
kind of point out the comma issue or whatever and then have that little link right to the handout so they can see, okay, this is the comma rule that I'm violating or, you know, things like that. So it was um, really helpful. It gives students the tools to actually do something like with the feedback. This is brilliant. Like I can just, I, if I was still teaching, I would be doing this for every single assignment. I mean, it's brilliant. And you don't even have to create your own videos. Like as you're saying this, I'm thinking of, you know, some of our teachers, have like talked to me about how much work it is to create videos. And I get that it absolutely can be. Um, but I'm just thinking even, you know, if we're talking about MLA formatting and they're citing, uh, an online article incorrectly in their in-text citations, I could send them to the Purdue writing lab and the link to that specific part of the writing lab that teaches them how to properly cite in-text citations of articles or like grammar girl online. Is that what her, that oh, website I, is? Yeah. I love yeah. Grammar girl. <laughs> you know, a certain rule of grammar, I can highlight it and send them to that article. And I almost feel like that's going to help them learn the concepts more, you know, to be reading it from another place as they see it incorrectly in their paper and, and be like, oh, now, now I get it. And you're so right that it gives them something, something to change. It's not like, oh, I'm just going to omit the comma or take the comma out and then hope that's right. It's like, no, I'm going to learn what I actually did incorrectly here by the feedback or, you know, the information on these other websites or from the information from my teacher video. I mean, that's incredible. I feel like that is a very powerful tool. Yeah, I agree. It's, you, yeah, like you said, you don't have to, you know, you don't have to create anything for that. You know, if you have, like you said, the Purdue website is a, is a great one. That's an awesome, awesome tool. So mm-hmm. like you said, anything that just kind of removes those obstacles, you know, they can, again, they, they can access that resource. They can, you know, do these things on their own. But if you just give them the, the tools and kind of remove those obstacles, I just found that they were so much more likely to, to utilize that. And then, like you said, too, that's a skill in and of itself, they're kind of finding what they need. Um, and then they just are more confident that they're doing it correctly. Yeah. So that yeah. has been a huge, huge game changer. So that was another thing where just that, that kind of goes along with the comment bank, you know, mm-hmm. kind of just do it all once. It might take a minute to kind of find the resources and put it together, but then you have it and you've got that for, for years to come. For sure. And now this next one, this third point that you have, I actually do this differently, but for the people who work for us, because I'll let you talk about it and then I'll, I'll say how I use it in business. Cause I think it's so interesting how much more valuable verbal feedback can be than necessarily written feedback. So do you want to talk about this new Chrome extension that you have? Yes. So <laughs> when I like for the past couple of years, like I said, this has sort of been like a, a passion project of mine, like just kind of developing my digital feedback system. And I would always, I'm, you know, secondary ELA, but when I would, you know, present at conferences or talk to other um, elementary school teachers, a lot of them would say, well, do you have a way to do voice commenting or, or verbal feedback? And for me, that didn't really cross my mind. I think I'm a better typer than I am a speaker. So that I, I was always like, no, verbal feedback, that would just take me too long. I would say something, I would be like, ah, I didn't like the way that I said that. And I'd re-record it over and over again. Like I just had this whole loop in my mind of why I didn't want to do that. But I kept having, and more specifically elementary school teachers, but then I would start to hear like even middle school and high school teachers saying like, do you have any recommendations? And I was just like, I got nothing. I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, like I don't, I don't want to do that. And then with all of this, uh, the distance learning recently, I just felt like there was even more of a need for that. And just having that more personal feedback just kind of made sense. So luckily, uh, Moat, M-O-T-E, is a Chrome extension that came out, I think, only a couple months ago. It's, it's very new. And I started using it and I was just like, 
I got, I got it. Like it made <laughs> sense. You know, I was able to just kind of, especially with writing, there are so many things where it's kind of just difficult to type out when you're trying to help someone kind of figure out why the parallel structure in their thesis statement is kind of off. It's hard to type that. So mm-hmm. having that Chrome extension and just being able to leave that voice comment was so helpful. My students thought it was really helpful. Um, they've, you know, I did a little survey and that was one of the things they commented on. And um, I just, I thought it was great. And the, the great thing about Moat, I know there's other Chrome extensions that will do the same thing or something similar, but the great thing about Moat is that it integrates with like Google Classroom and Google Docs and Slides. So when you go to make a comment, like the regular little comment thing that you would normally do, if you have the Chrome extension, it puts this little icon in the corner of that. So you just go to leave your comment like you normally would. You click on the Moat Chrome extension, you record your voice, you post it, and then students can, you know, get, they don't have to go anywhere else to get the feedback. It's literally like right there in the comment box. If they have the Chrome extension, they can play it right there. If they don't have the Chrome extension, there's a link and they just click on the link and it plays it. But if they have the Chrome extension, they can actually uh, record feedback back to you. And I did have a few students that would, you know, kind of record themselves like, oh, thanks so much. That was really helpful. Or they would ask another question. And it was, you know, it was just nice to hear their voices. Yeah. (laughs) It was just a really helpful, really helpful tool. I kind of said before, but Mode is kind of like my MVP for for distance learning. (laughs) I definitely plan on using that, you know, next year. If we're back in the classroom, that's still going to be something that's part of my routine because it's just been awesome. It sounds amazing. I mean, I I don't use Moat, but we use um, Loom, which is a a screen um, recording software. And so like we have a lot of projects with a bunch of different people working on them. And, you know, I kind of manage all of these different people and just to be able to record myself talking to them through something that I need them to fix or change is so much faster, so much easier, and is so much more is so much clearer for them than me trying to type it all out in an email, which would take me probably 20 minutes versus a one minute loom video. I mean this is the same same um what's the word I'm looking for? I feel like I've lost my brain during the quarantine. I can't think of words. It's the same premise basically as Moat, just with the screen um, screen recording of it instead of just the voice. But I mean, that is invaluable. And I know for myself to be able to hear somebody explaining it to me is so much clearer than me trying to decipher what they really mean in you know written form. It. I just this is a fantastic tool for teachers. Absolutely, I love it. Thank you for sharing this one with us. Yeah, I love it. Like I said, even if you're someone where you think maybe you wouldn't be, you know, into voice memos or messages or anything like that, like just give it a try. Cause I was kind of skeptical. I was like, eh, I like typing. I'm good. But once I tried it, I was like, this is the greatest. And like I said, my students really responded like very positively to it. So that was really good too. Awesome. All right. This last one, I actually, I'm embarrassed to say, I didn't know you could do in Google Classroom. <laughs> All right. Well, so the the next thing that I found has uh, been really helpful for me is the ask a question feature in Google Classroom. Um, this, I think, I used to, I use this feature a lot more than I used to because I used to use Google Forms for mm-hmm. things like exit tickets and collecting information. And I found that while Google Forms is great for collecting information, it's not really good for two-way communication. So if I want to have students, to, you know, have an exit ticket and I want to kind of go through that, you know, go through the data and and make sure that I can respond back to students. 
I have to do that in a lot of a lot more clicks, right? I have to go back to Google Classroom and kind of click around and all that. So anyway, the ask a question feature kind of accomplishes the same thing, but it's just so much better for two-way communication. So I can submit an exit ticket, have students type in their thesis statement, their idea for XYZ, and what I like about it is everything is like right there on the screen. So when you go into the question, you can see all of the student responses on one page and you can reply, reply, reply. And it's again, all on, all on one page. So again, anytime where you don't have to click between things, that is a huge time saver. So that is, you can do multiple choice questions or you can do short answer questions. And um, yeah, like I said, it's just, it's really good to have everything in one place and being able to reply like right away. Yeah. Where is that located in Google Classroom? Like where so do when, I go? Yeah. So when you go to post an assignment, um, one of the options on the mm. top is like assignment. And then the other, one of the other options is like, yes. the question feature. Yes. So okay. So I have seen down. that. I just didn't know that I didn't think about how to use it that way. So then let me ask you this. Can the other kids see other students' comments or can you like decide whether or not they see each other's? You can decide. So there's two options you can select. One is that students can reply to each other and the other is like that students can edit after they submit. So cool. depending on the question or depending on the goal, um, you know, sometimes it's just that I can see it and sometimes I'll post it where students can. One thing that I've, I started doing this last year and it was actually really, really helpful is for like thesis statements. Mm -hmm. I would I just found you have to spend a little bit more time on those. Like for sure. I, I think of it as like a one or two day thing. And then I'm like, it's okay, not. we need to, yeah, yeah. we need to think about this a little bit. Um, so I found that I would have students kind of post their thesis statements and then they would go through and I, I'd kind of have a system of like sort of, they would give feedback to each other. And I thought that was helpful because they could kind of see other examples. They could get mm -hmm. feedback on their own. And while they're all kind of doing this, I'm kind of navigating the room and I'm, I would have me, you know, my iPad in my hand and I would be kind of typing feedback back while I'm also meeting with kids in person. So I was kind of like doing both at the same time. And it was just, it was really helpful. Like I could see the advice that the kids were giving, which also helped me know like, okay, you got it. You can, uh -huh. you, you can explain that to someone else. That's awesome. Or sometimes you, you're like, oh, you're giving, you're the, saying that, but okay, maybe I need to come check, check in with you. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So it was, uh, it, it was really helpful. So it kind of depends on the goal, but it kind of takes some of the pressure off of you as the teacher, if you can kind of have students Kind of give each other feedback and then you're there to kind of guide the process and for and sure I could even see that feature being used for like a silent discussion online you know I'm, I'm trying to think of you know a lot of the for EB teachers club a lot of the content that we have is like interactive and in person and you know how do you set up stations online all just trying to figure out navigate all of that stuff and one of the things that you know we've been trying to figure out is how do we set up a discussion a silent discussion with our students online and I feel like that we could do that. You know, you post the discussion question, they all post their answer and then they can reply to each other's questions based on, you know, whatever particular station, I guess each question would just be a different station essentially that you post. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that could totally work. <laughs> cool. All right. I love it. I have, I have something to do now. Thank you. <laughs> um, so these are all great. So let's review. So the first one is to create a comment bank to speed up general feedback, which is fantastic. The second one is to add links to resources in your comments for students to reference. So this could be a video that you record of yourself teaching a particular concept. Maybe it's a cheat sheet that you have. Maybe it's a website like the Purdue Writing Lab or Grammar Girl. Um, the third one is to add voice messages via Moat Chrome extension, which we will include that in the links for you guys for the show notes of this. Um, and then the last one is to use the Ask a Question feature in Google Classroom. I feel like these are all so incredibly helpful. Thank you, Shana. 
Yeah, um, there's one more thing I, I want to mention too that goes along with like the commenting. So this was something that was has been really helpful recently, but also something that I did in classroom when school is open as usual. Um, if you type the at sign or the plus sign in a comment, it will kind of bring up a sort of a drop down of like emails of people that you like are in contact with. So what I told my students is if they have a question that they want a like they want to make sure they get a quick response for if they tag me in a comment using that feature, then it will send an email notification and I can reply a lot faster. Um, so a lot of students kind of have started doing that whether in their essay in Google Docs, they can, you know, just kind of do a little um, plus sign type in my email, it automatically like pops up and those kind of ask me a question and then I get that in um, in my email. So I don't have to open a student's doc to, to see if they commented something. Um, and this is helpful too, because you know, for my students, like I would, I was typing comments, but then if they don't open the doc, they don't see it. So I started tagging them too. If I have like something that I'm like, okay, you, you need to talk about this real quick, kind of tag them, they get an email notification and it's just one other cool thing that I found um, out probably, I don't know, like maybe last year or something, not, you know, kind of recently. Yeah. And like, like I said, it's been a huge help too, especially now because we're not face to face. For so sure. You can't tell nice them, thing. Hey, I left you a comment. You have to communicate to them somehow. And I feel like that's so much, so much faster than you then having to go maybe send an email to them. Hey, I just left all my comments in there. Just being able to do it all in one place. I mean, yeah. Google has really made online learning a little bit easier than I think. Oh, yeah. Imagine it without it. I don't even yeah. know what we would do. For sure. The other thing too, you kind of just uh, reminded me uh, of this too, but one of the things that I, I get asked a lot at, I, when I present about like digital feedback, like I think most PD presentations and most conferences I've done have been on this topic. So I get asked a lot like, well, how do you get students to actually look at your feedback? And that, that tagging thing is one thing that I've done and, and one thing that I think is helpful because like you said, you can say like, okay, I left you feedback, but if they get that notification, that's one, just another like gentle nudge like, uh, for them yeah, to do Yeah, go that. check it out. <laughs> exactly. But I found that really, I don't have like a, a magic answer to that question. I feel like, you know, obviously the feedback in order for it to be meaningful, the kids have to see it. Mm -hmm. um, so honestly, like my biggest piece of advice for that is to just tell them where to look. Uh, it seems very simple, but it's sometimes I found, you know, I would leave comments and my kids just didn't know they were there. Mm -hmm. So you mm -hmm. just have to be really explicit of like, here's the feedback, here's where I left it. Um, and then just give them time to use the feedback um, rather than trying to just wait until the end, which is kind of what I felt like I was doing before. And then, you know. Yeah, that they can, make they can make changes really in real time, you know, and adjust whatever needs to be adjusted before they submit the final draft to you. I mean, in whatever capacity you're using it, if you're using it as part of a writing process for something or even just a short answer to something that they can go back and fix and then resubmit to you. Um, I just think it's really, this is very, very helpful. I mean, I know that having to do online learning and distance learning for some people is very challenging. You know, other people, I know you talked about this, you felt really comfortable doing it. And I, I think maybe that's the exception and not necessarily the rule for um, a lot of teachers, at least in our, my experience talking to the teachers in our EB Teachers Club. Um, but then also like if we are a hybrid or even if you are going back in person, this is such valuable information. And I know you have a bunch of, you said, YouTube tutorials and blog posts about each of these different things. So can we link that up in the show notes for everybody? Like if they need to visually see what we're talking about, can we include that for them? 
Oh, for sure. Yeah. Awesome. I've got, I have videos on the comment bank. I talk about linking. I talk about even how to like bold and italicize things in comments. Like I've got a whole lot of, whole lot of stuff on that. Like I said, this has been my big like passion project for the past couple of years. So I love it. You know, I'm just thinking, and we can talk about this afterwards. Maybe I shouldn't ask you this question on the quote unquote air for the podcast, <laughs> but I would love for you to come do a training for our EB teachers on using Google classroom. Would you be open to that? I, like I said, any excuse to talk about this stuff I am in. So, okay. Yeah, let's set sure. it up. Oh, okay. That makes me very excited. We can talk <laughs> about it afterwards. Um, okay. So let's wrap things up. I'm going to ask you the five quick fire questions at the end. I think you know what they are. You've listened to the podcast. You've probably heard me ask them from other people before. Um, so hopefully you've thought about your answers and hopefully I remember See, what now, all five now are. I'm feeling the pressure. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We'll start with an easy one. What is your favorite month of the year? My favorite month is August and October. Nice. Why? I have to say both. Well, August is my birthday month, which I know I remember hearing you say that most people say that, but it, it is also for the <laughs> summer and I like summer yeah. and I don't like having school on my birthday. Um, <laughs> and then October because I used to work at a haunted house. And so Halloween is my favorite um, holiday. And then October is kind of like my favorite season. <laughs> oh, that's fun. You worked yes, at a haunted I house. Is a season. I did. <laughs> well, yes, yeah, I, I was, know what you meant. <laughs> I was yeah, I was like actually like an actor in a haunted house for like six or seven years when I was what? in um, high school and then a little while afterwards. Yeah, oh so my I'm gosh, very, I'm very scary. Did you not know? <laughs> no, I didn't. I'm very spooky. That. that is so much fun. I would have never guessed that from you. I love that little tidbit of information. <laughs> fun fact. Um, okay, next question is: What is um, your favorite food item to bring for lunch? My favorite food item to bring for lunch would probably be I like making adult lunchables. Mm. So like, I, you know, little crackers and cheese yeah. and, and uh, all that good stuff. Yeah. I mean, I would even eat probably an actual Lunchable at this point in my life <laughs> and I would be okay with it. Oh, that sounds good actually. Now you're making me hungry. Um, okay. Next question is if you could travel anywhere in the world, where would you go? Oh, see, oh, this is the one I didn't remember. Um, well, I was supposed to go to Italy this year for spring break. Ha, ha, ha. Mm. Um, so that would have been nice. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I don't know. Have you been to Italy I, before? I have not. No, I went to um, Paris last year for our, uh, like an EF tours trip mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. with students. And so we were going to go again this year to Italy. So that would have been my second overseas trip. Yeah. Obviously, that was canceled. Well, you'll just have but, to go there. Yeah. That could be the place. Where were you guys going to go? Do you know in Italy? Where? Like Rome? I don't really, and... Yeah. The, I don't remember the itinerary, but I think like the, 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 all big, the big ones. All the touristy things. Yeah. Yeah. So that would have been, that would have been fun. Well, Rome is a beautiful, I studied abroad in Rome in college and it was oh, just nice. the best experience of my life. I was there for a, a semester and I came home for a boyfriend and I should have stayed for a oh. year. You know, <laughs> don't leave and come home for a boyfriend. Stay for the full year if you can. <laughs> Note to self. I always tell my students that if you ever get the opportunity to study abroad, do not come home for a significant other because I didn't end up marrying him anyways, um, <laughs> which is way for the better. Sorry. Now we're going on a massive tangent. <laughs> we'll come back to the questions. Okay. The next question is, what is the last book that you read? So I just finished the Scythe series. Um, so the Toll was, you know, Scythe, Thunderhead, and the Toll. Um, I just finished that. We do a dystopian book club unit. So um, I got really into the, that series. And right now I'm reading the uh, Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes, the Hunger Games prequel um, from 
the perspective, well, not the, from the perspective of President Snow, but kind of like his backstory. So I'm on like chapter 20 or so. On Wait, one, there's so. a new, there's a whole prequel for The Hunger Games? I didn't yeah. know about this. Oh yeah, it just came out. So basically it follows like President Snow when he was like a, a young boy, basically. So it's, I think like the 10th, um, the 10th annual Hunger Games, you know? So like it's, things have been going on. So it's like after the war, you know, Oh my Hunger gosh. Games been going on for about 10 years. And, and so I had no idea. I mean, I mean, I loved that series. I mean, oh, yeah. I would take the book with me, like to my workout class with the five minutes before workout class started, be like reading it. You know oh, what I, I mean? I was reading like walking down the stairs. <laughs> like I actually, I read the whole, the Hunger Games, I would say is probably my like favorite series, but honestly, Scythe like reminded me of that. And just like where I couldn't put it down. Like I was yeah. just like hooked. Um, but I read the Hunger Games on my phone and like all three of the books in like four or five days. I had the worst <laughs> headache afterwards because I was like just reading on my tiny screen. Um, but it's cool because like this one, you can really see why Snow is the way that he is. Like very early on, you're like, ah, things make sense now. Like this is coming together. So, Oh my gosh, um, I'm going to have to buy it. And I'm, then yeah. I'm probably going to have to reread the Hunger Games because that was like, gosh, how old am I? 34. That had to have been six years ago that I read it. Is that possible? Yeah. Five years ago. Gosh, time, time goes weird. by fast. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. L- very last question is if you weren't a teacher, what would you be? Uh, graphic designer or journalist? Yeah, I can see that for sure. That is not a surprise for me. You would be brilliant at both. Thank you. <laughs> of yeah. course. I can well, kind of do a mixture of, of the three. <laughs> yeah, totally. I mean, absolutely you get to do that, especially with your blog and the things that you do for, you know, YouTube, Teachers Pay Teachers, all that stuff. So you have to use multiple skills there. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Shana. It was one, so nice to catch up with you, but two, thank you for sharing such valuable content with our teachers. I mean, this is actionable stuff that they can take back into their classrooms that I think is going to really help set them up for success this school year, regardless of what it looks like. So thank you so much. Yes. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. And like, if anyone listening, like you kind of start implementing any of this, if you have any questions, please feel free to reach out. Like I said um, before, any excuse to talk about this stuff, I am game. So I love when I get like random emails from people and they're like, Hey, I have a quick question. You know, can I get your advice on something? Like feel free. I am, I love helping other teachers kind of like develop their, you know, feedback systems and, and all that. So I'm here. Well, thank you. That's so nice of you. We all appreciate that. Um, So thank you very much, Shana. And uh, we'll see you guys next week on the podcast with another episode of the Teaching Middle School ELA podcast. Have a great week, you guys.